Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amel and Chad, with your breakfast toast. It's Friday. Thank God it is Friday. Oh, my goodness. What a hectic week. What a week it's been. Emil Calamino, how's your Friday going so far? We're... It's early. Why don't you come back and ask me in a few hours? No, it's fine. What, would you have a tough week? <laughs> Usually right no, right up front how the hell things are going to go. You know, Emil, first of all, let me just say I am absolutely thoroughly, thoroughly Pleased with the launch of the new GridironStuds.com. It has opened to some very, very good, good. Well, now, yeah. Let, let me stop being modest. It's opened to some really great reviews uh, by those who have gone over and seen it. I, I said it already on Twitter today. I'm going to say it again to any of those listening. Thanks to all of the prospects that have, uh, that came over yesterday and signed up on the first day. Really. Uh, Appreciate that, and thanks to all those who went over, including yourself. Amy. It looked great. It really, yeah. I mean, I really like the layout. Nice, very easy to navigate. Great for a fan like myself who likes mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. information about high school recruits. And most of the people listening to the show are probably in that boat. So it's, yeah, it's a good, definitely good. Check it out, man. Yeah, uh, really, really appreciate uh, all of the support and those who've gone over and checked it out. Uh, great work uh, by. Uh, by uh, the the programmers in getting this site up and running. Had some trouble along the way, Amo. You and I have discussed it. Uh, had some people doing Listen, let me tell you something. Programmers are the new – they're the new mechanics. Amo, i got to tell you that. They're the mechanics, man. You will uh, – if you have a good programmer, hang on to them. I had a couple yeah, of Yeah, that, that, that's uh, for certain. Having done some launches of websites in my life, I can tell you that uh, <laughs> there's always bumps yeah. along the way, and the programmer is, is is the ultimate, as you said, a good analogy, mechanic. Yeah, the new mechanic, man. You'll get all kinds of stories. You'll get promises. You'll get quotes. You'll get taken to the cleaners. Uh, so I had uh, several people work on this uh, – um, many who couldn't get the job done or do it right, and uh, you know, eventually I ended up with one uh, that could uh, get it done. And uh, it's up and running, man. I'm I'm really really happy about it. And uh, listen, um, you know, I've uh, announced this for recruits that sign up between now and May 7th that register for and complete a profile on GridironStuds.com. You now become eligible to win. $250 from Best Buy. I know I could use 250 at Best Buy and do some pretty good stuff with it. So a uh, nice little nugget there. For oh, yeah, I could use 250 from anybody, actually. Yeah, you know, to be quite honest. But Best Buy is cool, so we'll take that, definitely. Yeah, yeah I'll take 250 from the dollar store and go absolutely nothing. Yeah, hey, man, paper off. towel, you need that, right? <laughs> All right, Amel, you as you've seen on Facebook, I've been on a little bit of a rampage. I am sick and tired of the service in this country. I mean, from place to place. The other day, I just had enough. Um, there's a gas station that's nearby my home. Uh, I'm 
in a way, forced to go there because it's really, really close, and there's not another one really nearby. There's one to the west of me. It's I there. It's on your way. Ramp. It's convenient. It's there. It's right Pence there. It's the convenient store, correct? I got Yeah, I got to deal with these people to a certain extent, and I'm telling you, every time I go, there's some kind of a problem. I want to go vacuum the car. Freaking vacuum doesn't work. I go tell them about it. They look at me like... That really sounds like that's your problem, sir. Don't, why are you coming to us about it? Damn it, man. Oh, you mean it's got the car vac and everything. Oh, I love those. You know, where, where you go and it, there's no suction because no one's cleaned the, the friggin' thing out? Oh, my God. I'd have been satisfied with the thing just turning on, Emil, but it, oh, okay. it didn't. And they look I like when like, they don't clean them out and you tell them, like, you know, hey, I, you know, do you realize that I'm, I'm rubbing this on the rug in my car and nothing's <laughs> happening? Yeah, well, these guys will just look you in the face like that's not that's not my problem. So you know that's the way. Wait, I, 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 wait, wait, wait! I sensed a, a um, an accent. Oh, there. these guys know seven English words between the two of them, and they pay me is, is probably pay me is probably one that they know really well. Yeah, yeah, you know. But good grief! Every time I've had everything in there, they didn't want to give me quarters. Uh, said they didn't have any, and I stayed in there and waited for someone to come pay. And the register opened, leaned over the counter. Oh, it looked like a, it looked like a leprechaun with a pot of gold <laughs> falling out of the friggin' Looked like they hit their own lottery ticket that they were selling. Yeah, huh? yeah, you know what I mean? Like someone who just got like you know three cherries on the damn uh, slot machine in Vegas, sure. and they're telling me they don't have any quarters. I mean everything. So like you know, it's gonna be that little thing that sets you over the edge. So I go in there, I'm looking to. To you know, just grab some Red Bull, and everywhere you go, Emil. I don't know about up there in Pennsylvania, but everywhere you go around here, the damn Red Bulls on sale. You get two of them for four damn dollars. Um, yeah, they do a lot of Red Bull sales up here. Yeah, I mean, come on. They also like to mix it with life. alcohol up here. Is that is that big down there too? Uh, I mean, look, I'm not an alcohol drinker, but I've seen this done. So whatever effect that gives. Isn't that kind of weird though? Like you're mixing a stimulant with a. You know, Dude, I don't know what they're trying to achieve. You know <laughs> what are they I mean? trying to do with have, that? Okay, go ahead. Back to your story. Yeah, I have no idea what they're trying to do. But yeah, so I go in there and just like just one time, let me go in here and get some measure of satisfaction. So for all the things that I've had happen over there, I walk in there the other day and the Red Bulls two ninety nine each, and that just it's the little thing that just set me off. I was like, man, you know what? I'm I took it out of the freezer, and I said, you know what, to hell with these people. Why am I supporting this BS? Put the can right back, walk the hell out of there, and as I'm driving off, I take the picture and tell everyone everything that I've had go on with this Chevron. Yeah, Only you were upset the other day, you know what I mean? Oh, it was a day of a bunch of BS, too, by I mean, way. somehow I really we got that conversation myself. into midget strippers if I'm on the same one. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, me and my humor at the end, I said avoid the gas station like a midget stripper, and then I found there was some uh, affection for midget strippers, and it just went all off the edge. But I was, you know, uh, there were so, several other people who just said, I can't stand that place. So many who had shared my experiences with this but place. But that's and our it country just today. On. Seriously, I mean, I'm going to sound like a real, like like an 80-year-old guy here bitching, but that that's our country today. There is no customer service. People want to know. Absolutely none. No, they want to know Absolutely. why jobs are going, leaving the country. Forget about it. The reason they're leaving the country is there's no customer service. You call call your cell phone provider. Call. I don't care which one you have. I'm convinced mm-hmm. to this day that cell phone providers know that they're going to lose about 5% of their customer base every year, and they figure we're just going to swap between each other. So when you call, pick one, AT&T, 
They're just as ignorant and rude to you as Verizon because they realize, so what if you leave? You're going to go to Verizon, and, and Verizon's going to piss somebody off, and they're going to come to us. There's two very big ironies in what, in what you just let out right there. Number one is um, that's why jobs are going overseas. Well, the, the, uh, the developer of this website, gridiron, the new gridironstuds.com, is all the way over in India. Oh, yeah, I, I've done that, too, myself. I know, I know, and they're I'm great. Talking to, I'm talking to Kuldeep, and I'm on uh, Skype right now while I'm doing the show, and we're, we communicate back and forth. And, you know, it's, it's into the evening hours over there. You know what? The guy does really great work for a fraction of what I would pay uh, And American. it's great work. I've done that, too, and, you know, and I hate to say this. People are, might piss off some people here, but you know what? These people want to work. They're smart. They work hard. They're conscientious. They're hungry. They're hungry. They're they, hungry. They, that's They're right. Hungry. And here's the other irony in what you said. Um, you brought up the cell phone providers. I don't know, man. We're just in tune like that. <laughs> Earlier this morning, I was on the phone with Sprint, and it wasn't going well. You know, just not getting service. Just not getting the customer service that I need to get from Sprint, being a customer for over a decade. Just not getting it. So I had to spend close to 45 minutes on the phone with Sprint to get the satisfaction that I need. Needed to go through uh, not one but two managers to get the final satisfaction that I needed. And, Emil, at the end of this thing, do you know that they had the audacity to send me a survey by text on my phone? <laughs> Emil, this is, this, is a, this is a 3-0 pitch down the middle of the plate that is the size of your fat aunt's behind. I'm telling you right now, I am about to crush this thing way into the cheap seat. I, you're you're sitting be, dead right right now. Dude, this is going to be the most epic return of a damn survey I think they've ever had. I'm telling you, I'm going Barry Bonds on now, wait, I couldn't believe they sent it to me. I'm here for a reason it's, to loop this back in for our fans. There, no, somebody who tuned in. Ten minutes ago, I was probably saying, "Why are these two jackwads talking about convenience stores and cell phone service?" And it mm. goes back to one thing: how we started the show. You go to the Gridiron Studs, and you get great service. Absolutely, great service. Great service. And I'm a man. You get. You might service. get yourself a college scholarship. So be there. Yeah, and you know, I do want to point this out: um, the old Gridiron Studs really, it really was for those trying to get recruited really was that you know it was really a place for people who didn't have many or any scholarship offers to go and 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 try and sell themselves to school that's not the case with the new gridiron studs it's just as much for the under recruited or not heavily recruited as it is for the five-star guy all recruits can get a whole bunch out of this there's just a ton of features i'll probably have a full show on this next week as to, you know, all of the things you can do there, but you can collect fans on here, you can communicate with fans, you can communicate with with each other, put up game day playlists, uh, song playlists, uh, Xbox and Sony Sony PlayStation information. Wow, I thought it's you were really losing your mind. Thing. I thought you wanted some kid to put his playbook up on your website. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, man. no, no, no. There's a ton of great stuff on here, including uh, unlike the uh, old site, you're able to put up your stats on this thing too. If you so, if you want to brag on yourself, you can put that. That's stuff cool. Up there, but yeah, hey, uh, listen, a bunch of stuff. This is your interview. It's your one chance in life. I always tell people when you go in an interview. For a job, you are supposed to articulately brag about yourself, and that's really what you're exactly. doing here. This is your interview. 
Yeah, I mean, most dudes try to save it for, you know, a dinner with some chick who doesn't really want to hear all that. She really just wants to hear uh, you ask questions about her, and that's when they choose to brag, and then they'll go in an interview and say one or two words. It's the other way around, friends. When you go into that interview, uh, you talk all day about yourself and sell someone on yourself, and then, you know, when you go with the hot chick to, you know, dinner or whatever, it's you're going to sell her yourself got great eyes. by showing her. Yeah, you're going to sell yourself to her by showing her you can listen to all the things she's going to say. Because let me tell you, the longer that relationship goes on, the more talking she's going to do and the less talking you're going to want to do. You know, one way. Yeah. All right, so relationship advice today on the Gridiron Stud Show. At some point, we're going to talk sports here. Uh, I'm going to let Emil take the lead since um, I don't smoke cigarettes, but after the last couple of days, I'm strongly considering uh, a pack of cools once I get off of We got a couple today. things today. It's basically, I, I'm more slanted towards my interest is in the NFL. Uh, you know, first of all, we'll hit on, you know, next segment, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of uh, the NFL's hiring a female referee. And, you know, I, mm. I have some thoughts. You might have some thoughts, and maybe a listener or two has some thoughts. I, I, I'd really like to see, I wish some people would call on that topic. I'd like to see if I'm the only one who's going to feel the way I'm going to feel about this, but we'll get to that. Uh, you know, this I really want to get in, interesting. <laughs> yeah, to, to me, the wild card of this draft coming up and, and we'll get on this subject is Mariota. I mean, I think right now it's pretty much seems at least unless we get a shocker that, uh, you know, they're, the Bucks are going to run to the, the podium and uh, announce Winston as the number one pick. I mean, that that's certainly what all indications are, but, Right now, there's a bunch of different directions that, and, and uh, teams that could jump up and grab uh, Mariota, and I'm interested in, uh, you know, who could that be? I mean, I'm hearing Redskins. I'm hearing Trade Partner, uh, you know, with the Browns and the Eagles. I mean, I just want to, you know, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. Maybe people out there have a thought on uh, where that's going. And, of course, we love lists, right? America oh, everyone lists. loves lists. Everyone loves a good list. I mean, who's the hottest supermodel? But you, you name it, they have a list for it, Okay. CBS Sports took their time, and you and I did this in a show, so this, my interest is more in their methodology. We're going to take you through Super uh, CBS Sports ranked the all-time NFL franchises, which you and I did once for about 10 minutes on the show, uh, mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl era, which is 1966 forward, 49 seasons. reason being is all the teams pretty much or the vast majority existed then. It's the, considered the modern era of professional football, and I know we'll get a – Packer or a Bear or a Giant fan that says, but my team won this well back in 1940. Listen, nobody's saying they don't count. There was 12 teams in the league. Hell, in the 1930s, the Eagles and the Steelers, for those of you out there who don't know this, combined their teams to play a season because they didn't have enough players, okay? So let's suffice, to, yeah, yeah, let's suffice to say the NFL back then wasn't really what we know in the Super Bowl era. So they're using the Super Bowl era. We'll go through their methodology uh, pick it apart, see if anybody disagrees, and, uh, you know, be interesting. Lists are fun. They don't mean anything, Yeah, we can jump fun. to that. You know, I saw something interesting uh, yesterday. Not quite a list, but in the spirit of the NCAA tournament that just ended, someone posted a fast food bracket uh, <laughs> where they pit, they pit all of the fast foods uh, franchises out there and ran them through a bracket. I didn't, you know, I didn't really agree with the winner, but hell, I thought that was cool. There's so many things you can take and and put through a bracket that uh, I think I'm gonna mess around with that. But there was a fast food bracket and 
you had Sonic at Burger King and Carl's Jr. and Wendy's and all that through there. Chipotle, I'm going to really object. Let me throw this out at you. Let me, you you're the thin for you. You're in good shape for your age, and you know I, I am too for the most I try, part. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean mm-hmm. I'm not an organic guy or one of these guys running around, you know, hugging trees, but I try to eat pretty pretty healthy as best I can. Mm-hmm. So I have, I, I have to tell you, I haven't really eaten a, a burger and a McDonald's in ten years. Okay, mm-hmm. but I will eat a hamburger at different places. I have to tell you, I love the Out West, the In-N-Out Burger, and I love oh, Carl's yeah. Jr. Oh, yeah. I'm not a big – you know, I was more on the Carl's Jr. when I lived out there, but as I've gotten older, just some of the ingredients don't really sit with me. But In-N-Out, any place, any time. In-N-Out made it to the Final Four in the fast food Oh, bracket. it's got to make it to the Final it. Four. Oh, well, you would think Chipotle would, especially if you're down from this area, but uh, you know what? They didn't. They didn't make it to the final four, man. There's a lot of people around here. That hey, let me ask you about them. We're getting up. one up here. How, how are they? Pretty good? Chipotle is, the food is great. Um, you get to see all your stuff put in there. The biggest problem is going to be the lines. I think Chipotle as a franchise is going to need to do something about that. You know, if you're going to continue to be big and expand, you got to do something about the, you know, the way you deliver. You know, they the lines go uh, are along the side of the store and go out the door at certain places. So it's like being in the restroom at halftime at a football game. Oh, yeah, that's a good analogy. Exactly, right there, you know. Uh, the only so difference is I'd much, rather, I, 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 I much rather be waiting for a hamburger or some food than waiting to pull my Johnson out among a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah, Johnson made his way into this thing. Yeah, uh, definitely, yes. definitely better. But at the end, you know, after your wait – you do get really good food with some healthy options there, um, and and so for our crowd, okay, so it's worth you. What you're saying is I should at least give it a shot when, I, when oh, I'm yeah, patient. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, we got a Buffalo Wild Wings and a couple people. And I like you know occasionally my you know I don't like to eat there you know other than maybe mm-hmm. if it's on a Saturday and there's a game on, swing by, grab some you know what I call bar food. But a couple people mm-hmm. told me that it's really they said the analogy I got was they said it's like the food at Hooters without the nice girls. Um, I've not I've not done many trips to Buffalo Wild Wings, but I would say that's probably accurate. Probably yeah. what it is. Yeah, so. I'm not I'm not into that. I mean, it's bad enough. I mean, the the, the once you get over the fact and you're you become a, a grown a grown ass man, Hooters mm-hmm. doesn't do it for you anymore. You realize that you can go to the beach for free and not eat crappy wings. Mhm. Mhm. So you know, um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, well, listen, I like the way you put things out there, but, oh, man, we've touched it all right here. Um, I, I, I have a feeling you're going to pay some bills. You're going to pay some bills, and we're going to get back and touch on that list. How about that? Yeah, we're going to need to do that. We're going to need to pay some bills around this place, so we're going to jump into a break. When we get back, Sports Talk, we promise, here on the Gridiron Stud Show. high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. 
Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! following us on Twitter, I've uh, posted up that fast food bracket. Uh, check it out. I'm sure there'll be some disagreements. Um, but very, very interesting. It has me thinking about a bunch of other things that could be put into a bracket. I'm going to start uh, toying around with that whole idea. That that's, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. But we got other things to talk about on the Gridiron Stud Show today. Isn't that right? Dave? Yes. I came across this before we get to the heavy. This is more the light stuff, I like to call it, but fun nonetheless. CBS Sports, and I've seen these done before. There's a guy in Dallas Morning News who does one annually, but um, <clears throat> CBS Sports ranked the all time NFL franchise's Super Bowl era, which is 1966 forward 49 seasons, 49 Super Bowls. Their criteria. Here we go. Super Bowl wins get you 10 points, Super Bowl losses get you 5, because obviously you won your conference. Mm-hmm. Hall of Famers get you three points. Division titles get you one point. And then your all-time winning percentage gets you points in the inverse. So there's 32 teams. So if you're number one, you get 32 points. Number two, you get 31 points, so on and so forth. So they have their top 32. Um, I'll tell you who the bottom three are, and then we'll go to the top ten because I really don't okay. care about everything in between. The bottom three franchises are probably fairly predictable. Uh, we got the Houston Texans. They got 11 points. They've only been in the league 13 seasons. Uh, they have actually got eight points for division titles somehow. Um, and their all-time winning percentage got them only three points. So they've only got 11 points. I'm going to tell you right now, I swear to high goodness, I might press the button on you today if the Dallas Cowboys are number one. But carrying on. Well, hey, listen, that's not my fault. Um, Number 31, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's not hard to figure out. They've got five points for division titles. They're all-time winning You're telling me they're not in the top ten? 
No, they're number 31. Okay. Number 30 less if you're out there, buddy. I'm sorry about this. The Detroit Lions only accumulated 20 points, and they've been in the league a long time, okay? They've got no Super yeah. Bowl wins, no Super Bowl losses. They've got three Hall of Famers getting them 15 points. Three and, and they have not changed their uniform for 70 years. 70 years. It's not a bad <laughs> uniform, though. I mean, does it really need changing? They tried to spruce it up. I kind of like the old ones. But, hey, that's a, they got two points for all-time winning percentage. There are percentage. no old ones, but go ahead, yes. The Detroit Lions are, have the 31st winning percentage in the Super Bowl era. They got two points for that. So they have 20 they, points. Really? Yeah, yeah. So there's your bottom three. Kind of predictable. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay I thought I'd find down there, but I forgot they had some decent years. They were at 26. They won a Super Bowl. They did win Yeah, they were Super at 26. Bowl, so. so now let's go to the top ten because the middle is boring. Um, number ten. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that, look, let's, you know, really, in, in life, isn't that how this thing works? You yeah, the bottom and the top. You want to be completely horrible. You want to be completely horrible and notorious for being so. Or – you want to be right up there near the top in life. There's nothing worse than in middle ground. No, nothing, nothing. Number ten, though, is, is is I thought these guys would be a little bit higher, um, and I'll go through the numbers quickly with you. The Denver Broncos, uh, they mm-hmm. won two Super Bowls. They got them twenty points. They have uh, obviously five Super Bowl losses in this era. Got them. God, what would have happened if they didn't win those two Super Bowls? Where would they be? Yeah, all right, well, you're right. But you know what's funny? They've got. Uh, Four Hall of Famers got them 12 points. They won 14 mm-hmm. division titles, got them 14 mm-hmm. points. And their all-time winning percentage in the Super Bowl era, which is 50 years. This is a long time mm-hmm. we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 30 points. They're third in all-time winning percentage. Um, yeah, the, those two wins Those two wins do help. But, man, Amel, no one lost Super Bowls like the Denver Broncos before Tyler Oh, no, 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 no. You're forgetting well, Buffalo Bills. They lost in grand fashion. You, they did, and but you're forgetting the Bills and our team at number that's going to be right above them at number nine. Okay, mm-hmm. so the Broncos had 101 points, and Chad's right; they were very, very good at losing in grand fashion. It's not the number of Super Bowls they lost; it was the way they lost them. Okay, they usually got killed. 10, right? Oh, 39, yeah. 20. What was the score of that other one that they lost? I like they weren't even close. They lost to Dallas, 27-10. I know that. Mm-hmm. They yeah. lost to the I mean, Redskins, forty-two ten. I mean, oh, they, they yeah. when they went, they got split. <laughs> oh yeah, they, yeah. So, so they, they come in at number ten, number mm-hmm. nine, and this is a team that if you're our age or even some of our older listeners will remember, they were always good, but man, did they know how to lose the big game? And that was the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Minnesota Vikings, for those of you out there, were always always in the 70s and even into the 80s, a, a really good team. But they just couldn't win. I mean, they never won a Super Bowl. They got there four times, lost them all, some of them competitive somewhat for most mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. That got them 20 points. They do have 13 Hall of Famers, and if people are wondering who guys like Marshall and Page and you know the, the Purple People leaders, so they got 39 mm-hmm. points for Hall of Famers. They won mm-hmm. themselves 18 division titles. That's pretty impressive. That's a lot. Uh, and they're all time winning. Well, they percentage. were, you know, they they were owning things for a while there in the in the seventies. Sure. And they won, you know, they won some division titles in the nineties when Moss was there too. So I mean, eighteen is is a lot when you really think about it. And they're all time winning. Look, a note pers- on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I I call that an, uh, what was that? Nineteen ninety eight. Them 
not making it to that Super Bowl in 1998, and I believe it would have been against the Broncos. It would have been a great Super Bowl. One team was uh, 15-1, and one one team was 14-2. and It would have been a great Super Bowl. One of the biggest disappointments, and I wasn't a big Minnesota Vikings fan, but I really loved what they were doing offensively. I really wanted to see that matchup more than I could uh, any other matchup I could think of right off the top of my head. And when the Atlanta Falcons beat them, uh, man, I was seriously disappointed. And we saw the Denver then go wax Atlanta, which was kind of boring too. Yeah, yeah, uh, I really that was that was a, that was a big time disappointment for me. But well, uh, the Vikings uh, also many of our listeners t- would be glad to hear the next one. No, well, they had the sixth highest winning percentage, by the way, which got them twenty-seven points. So they're at one hundred and four, mm-hmm. tied. And I'm su- assuming they're splitting. They're be- they're going to give the Dolphins here, our, our local team. Uh, the number eight position, even though they tied in points with the Vikings because they had more Super Bowl wins. The the Dolphins won two Super Bowls, although it was in the Nixon administration. Uh, They got 20 points, okay? It was the Uh, year I was born. You you know, it's funny because they've always been, you know, until recently, they still have always been a very good team. So, I I mean, I shouldn't make fun of them. I mean, Dolphins have always been a good franchise until the last five or ten years where they've been kind of mediocre, but... Super Bowl losses, they lost three of them, so that's 15 points. Mm-hmm. They've got mm-hmm. nine Hall of Famers, which grabs them 27 points, mm-hmm. 13 division titles, and the all-time winning percentage in the Super Bowl era is number four, which gets them 29 points. So mm-hmm. the Dolphins are the number eight team. Any surprise there? Yeah, well, am I surprised? Yeah. No, I'm not. Did you not, think they'd I'm be higher sure. or lower or just about where you figured? Um, Without... You know, knowing who else is on the list, um, I, I, just off the top of my head, I'd have to think they're, uh, that's about right. Okay, yeah, that's I may kind of right. figure them there. Yeah, Yeah, and the last decade has done a lot to slide them down this list, as you oh, said. Oh, absolutely, so. absolutely. And then another team that you probably, for younger listeners, are going to say, how are they on the list? But they did a lot of winning for a long time, and that's the Washington Redskins, and this had 108 points. They won three Super Bowls, lost two of them. So between that, those two, that grabs them 40 points. They've got 13 NFL Hall of Famers, which is really impressive. I mean, that's 39 mm-hmm. points. Won themselves mm-hmm. eight division titles, not much there. And in terms of winning percentage, they come in at like 12th, which gets them 21 points. So uh, the Redskins, basically by virtue of winning a lot of Super Bowls, are, are going to be number seven on this list. Next yeah, one, uh, uh, in the in the 80s, when I really was getting really really getting deeply into football, uh, the Redskins were. Were kind of that was that that was kind of their they had that little uh, and it's a shame for them their heyday kind of coincided with a Forty Nine er run as well yeah so what kind of happened to the Redskins is the one period in their history where they were dominant there was another dominant franchise so you know they, they they've had some good teams over the years but like eight division titles for a team like that you expect them to have more um, what can I say the next team you and I as as, as at our age. If it wasn't for the last Tom Brady era, the Patriots at number six would never be here because when we were kids, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the Patriots sucked. They were they were they were but ugly, and their only time at success really was uh, the Super Bowl that they went to and got completely smushed by the Chicago Bears in '85. Other than that, they were tragical. Oh yeah, they were bad. So for the most part, but anyway, they had 112 points by virtue of uh, four Super Bowl wins and four Super Bowl losses. That's 60 points right there. Um, only four NFL Hall of Famers, so they only get 12 points. 16 division titles, most of them in the Brady Belichick era. All-time winning percentage is ninth, 
which gets them 24 points. So they check in at number six, about where I'd figure, because their run of Super Bowls in the last 10 to 12 years is, is impressive. But when you're building a list that also gives some, some, you know, this is how they're trying to help the teams like the Packers and Bears by putting some weight on Hall of Famers, which they're going to have a lot of by division titles in this year. The Patriots had them all at once. So, you know, I mean, it's about where I'd figure, you know, they'd be. Mm. Um, Next. Yeah. Um, no, I, listen, so far, so far, so good right now with this list. I'm well, not, at least there's a methodology to doing it. Somebody didn't, didn't just make a list and say, oh, here's the list, you know. Um, mm. Next, we have the Green Bay Packers checking in, and there's a gap now. The, uh, the Patriots had 112 points. The Packers accumulated 124. Um, they've got uh, four Super Bowl wins and a loss. Gets them 45 points. 14 NFL Hall of Famers gets them 42 mm. points. 14 division titles. All-time winning percentage of uh, 10th gets them 23 points. So they check in at 124, and they're number five. And you know what? I thought they'd be a spot or two higher. The next team, because they've been so tragic for the last 10 to 12 years, I was surprised they still were able. They've they've won so much that even the, the tragedy of more than a decade has still kept them at number four on this list, and that's the Oakland Raiders. And for anybody our age, I mean, when we were kids, it was real simple. It was Steelers, Cowboys, Raiders, Dolphins. That was it. Yep. Yeah. That's and, how it and, worked. And you, and, and you had to love the Raiders. I don't know if you as a Cowboy fan, but they just oh, – I didn't uh, hate the Raiders. No, I didn't hate the Raiders. No, yeah, I mean, but you, you had to love them. They had all of the characters. They had the silver and black. There was just something about them. And as much as there was something about them then, there's just something about them now, you know. So um, for the Raiders, in a different it way, it has been this um, in their existence in the NFL so far, up there near the top, or down there by the bottom, but notorious on either side. No middle ground for the Raiders. No, no. So they have 120. Either one of the best or totally sucked. Yeah, exactly. And then right now they're in the totally suck, but they do have five Super Bowl appearances, winning three of them. That gets them 40 points. 15 NFL Hall of Famers, that's impressive, 45 points, mm-hmm. 16 division titles, a lot of division titles there. And winning, even with, the, like I said, the tragedy of the last decade, they still have the eighth highest winning percentage in the Super Bowl year, which gets them 25 points. The next three are pretty predictable, just the order. Uh, number three is the, the 49ers. They have 129 points. Um, they, they, they won themselves five Super Bowls. They lost one. That gets them 55 points. Nine NFL Hall of Famers, 27 points, 19 division titles, pretty impressive there. All-time winning percentage, fifth in the year, gets them 28 points. So that's uh, 129. And when you get from three to two and one here, two, two and one are predictable, and the gap between three is huge. Uh, number two, and it's tight here. This could, this could change next season. The Pittsburgh Steelers come in at two. They have 161 points. They've won six Super Bowls, the most ever. That's 60 points. Two losses, that gets them 10. 13 NFL Hall of Famers. And I, I actually would have thought they had a couple more, but I guess the Steelers stunk so bad before the 70s that they probably, all the Hall of Famers we're thinking of are from when you and I were alive. There, there probably aren't many from, from prior to that. Would you agree? Are you there?
Calamino. I'm here. All right, and we're on. You know what I think happened here, Emil? I think I think I think the Philadelphia Eagles I think I think they sabotaged the line. <laughs> where where did we get to since you were listening? Did we get to the 49ers that people actually heard? No, I think I think we're at the Steelers. I think we were Okay, we're at the, the Steelers. Of, uh, the Steelers yeah. came in at number 2 and and this could like I said before we we got so rudely interrupted by the <laughs> saboteurs from Philadelphia. Uh, this could change annually because these two are head and shoulders above. But the Steelers have 161 points. They've got six Super Bowl wins, most ever. Ten losses, uh, two losses. That gets them 70 points between those two categories. 13 Hall of Famers, 21 division titles, and their all-time winning percentage in the Super Bowl era is second. Um, they'll be happy to stay in the Super Bowl era because uh, for those people a lot older than you and I, they can tell us about the Steelers of the 40s and 50s and 60s. But, man, since the, the, the Super Bowl era, they've been dynamite. So they get 31 points there. They have 161 total. You can hit the dump button. The Cowboys come in at number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, 164 points, though, only three ahead of We've the Steelers. We've got to guard the servers. We gotta guard the servers over uh, from from the from the Eagles fans right now. Well, they, in the Super Bowl, the, the Cowboys have five and three losses, so that gets them sixty-five points. The Steelers got seventy there. However, in Hall of Famers, the Cowboys have fifteen, gets them forty-five points. That ties for the most on this list. I, I believe it was with Green Bay, if I'm remembering the list. Uh, division mm-hmm. titles, Cowboys leading the way with twenty-two, and they've been the all-time winningest franchise. So they got one sixty-four. Steelers have 161, and then the gap to the 49ers is huge at 129. So this seems like, a, for the foreseeable it's, future, a two-horse race on who can do better the next couple of years. But it's an interesting list. I mean, it's if nothing funny. else. Um, we, you know, you and I pretty much grew up in the 70s, and the two teams of the 70s in, in, you know, in, in the NFL was the Cowboys and the Steelers. And uh, all these years later, and I don't want to say the number of years, but all these years later, uh, look who's at the top of something like this. It's the Cowboys and it's the Steelers, the two teams. That well, a lot of fans like measure. A lot of fans measure things, Super Bowls, you know, and they'll say, "Oh, you know, this team hasn't won this," and that's all true. But you know what? We've seen it. You just mentioned. I mean, sometimes the Super Bowl in, in one particular year is a crapshoot. Like that Viking team of '98 probably belonged in a Super Bowl. Was probably the best team in the NFC. They didn't get the job done. So when you look mm-hmm. at something like this and it just measures the totality, you look at these two franchises, one won 22 and the other won 21 division titles. I mean, that's a lot of winning in a 40-year period. All right, well, look, we've laid out the top ten and we gave the the, the dirty three at the bottom. Um, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, a couple of franchises here that I'm a little surprised uh, did not make it into the top ten. Um, right off the top of my head, I'm thinking the New York Giants. Uh, the Giants? Well, wait, let's, let's break each one down. The Giants have only 89 points. They slightly outside the top 10 uh, at uh, 13. And, and I think part of that is you're remembering the Giants from the mid-'80s till, till now. But what you got to go back and look at the Giants is from the mid-'60s to the mid-'80s, they, were, they weren't just not good. They were just really bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did nothing um, from, like, the mid '60s through the mid so '80s. the Patriots too that we, but you know, I guess look, like you said, there's a methodology to this thing. Well, okay, um, the Giants got four the Super Bowls. They've got four mm-hmm. Super Bowls, but they lost one, so they got 45 points there. Where you take a team like New England's got 60, okay, and mm-hmm. then you look, they've had seven Hall of Famers. That's 21 points. They've only won eight division titles. 
Mm-hmm. And their all-time mm-hmm. winning percentage um, in the Super Bowl era is middle of the pack. They got 15 points Yeah, there. listen, I, uh, look, I, there's a methodology. So hard to argue, but just, you know, off the – You're surprised. I get it. Dome. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Um, you know, How about the Colts? Does that surprise you? I'm a little surprised the Colts uh, were outside the top No, 10. because we're talking, we're talking Super Bowl era. You know, if we went all-time – you know, you'd want to know where the Cleveland Browns and the, and the Colts are, but um, Colts haven't done much in the Super Bowl area, and that's a that's an important distinction here when we're talking about this list. Um, the you know the Buffalo Bills, even though they just <laughs> their winning percentage is really really not good uh, in the Super Bowl era, but um, they had a certain amount of success. I guess you wouldn't expect them to be in the top ten. How close did they get? Seventeenth. Uh, yeah, yeah, out of thirty-two, out of you know. I guess going there and losing four times um, will keep you well, out the of the NFL, bottom. Well, the NFL, you know, you were saying before, the NFL is such an odd sport compared to the other ones like, like baseball or even basketball, for that matter, because pre-Super Bowl, I mean, if you start looking, like, let's say we take the Packers. Mm-hmm. The Packers claim uh, 13 NFL championships, four Super Bowls, and nine NFL championships. And I'm not mm-hmm. taking away their championships, but you got to look back in the 30s and 40s. There might have been 12 teams in the league, first of all, which is about the equivalent of winning a, a winning your conference right now, or even less than that, because there's 16 teams in each conference. Um, there there wasn't a lot of black players, if any. I forget, you know, what the NFL policy was, but you were essentially playing in an all-white league mm-hmm. um, with 12 teams. And the AFL came around in 1960, and even the championships the Packers won, say in the early 60s, they didn't win a Super Bowl against an AFL team. The and then the, the AFL team. Do they get credit for winning the AFL back in 1961? I mean, that's why it gets dicey with the NFL when you start trying to figure out. The Super Bowl kind of brought us into what, like you say, the yeah, modern but, hey, era. Listen, I, I, you know, think about this. You, you made the mention of you know African-American players, black players not being a part of it. But that was the case for everybody. So you were the best at what was around. You know well, I, mean? I understand. So, no, I, I, I totally get Look at it this way. You and I both love college football. The modern era of college football is basically considered like 1936 forward, which is the AP poll era. It's when the the Associated Press first came out with their poll. Prior to 1936, there's national champions, but there was years where five different schools could claim it. I mean, if you and I had a legitimate poll, we could crown a national champion in 1930. Uh, Probably, probably. Yeah, if you go back and study Uh, that, which I've done a little bit for fun, there was like years where they there'd be four teams that could legitimately like say in 1930 pick a year like that, so have national champions. So they basically consider the modern era of college football like the AP poll era forward. You know, just mm-hmm. that's how they you know. Um, yeah, um, you know, it was a lot different back then. Doesn't obviously. mean you don't get credit. Michigan still claims 11 national championships. Nine of them were before oh, the 1920. the national championship stuff is just. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. So, um, oh yeah, well, we've I mean, got you know. more than one school doing that. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know where we are. Anyway, we we're, we're off on the subject. We put out a list. If anybody's got a, a beef with it, don't don't yell at us. Call the show. Tell us why you disagree with it. Uh, we didn't develop the methodology. It's it's you know. So you're gonna have to yell at CBS, but we'll be happy to talk about why you disagree and you think the list is uh, is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of beef. And uh, you know, a, you know, a little bit of uh, a ranking or type thing. I posted the fast food bracket up on the Twitter account, and uh, you know, getting heavy response here. Uh, apparently, this is big with the teens. 
Um, and uh, for my locals down here, you can't put Publix subs. Publix is a grocer here that has pretty good subs. Can't put that on there. Publix is not national. Um, for those who have not seen it yet, um, I'm not going to go through the entire list of the fast food restaurants that are on this thing. I will say this. There is a burger region. There is a classy burger region. There's a sandwich region, and there's a not a burger region. And uh, just to give you a glimpse, the final four consisted of Wendy's, Five Guys, Chick-fil-A, and Firehouse Subs. Those were your final four in the fast food. Wow. Bracket, um, yeah, some quite some quite some disagreement. I like there. that. Um, I like that kind of bracket. Oh yeah, listen, that you could take anything, um, you know, that we've got in in everyday life and throw it into a bracket. Now uh, you got some people upset that McDonald's didn't even make it into <laughs> into the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's didn't even get a play-in game, so. Uh, they're not in this thing, and so you've got people wondering what's up with that. And as as predicted, the teams want to know why the hell Chipotle did not make it into the Final Four. All right, what else are we talking about today? Because we're not going. To well, we got to talk about un- this. I think it, you know, break. probably should have spent more time on this one, but uh, you know, I'm not sure what the response will be. I find it very odd that the NFL is hiring a female uh, official. No, I don't find it odd. Let me rephrase that. In today's day and age, I find it not odd. I just find it bizarre from a football perspective because you can argue, well, we have female officials in basketball, but there's a pretty good chance a female played some basketball. They play it all the time and may know a lot about it, a hell of a lot more than me, and probably is very, very I'm going to need to send you some video, man. Uh, you got females playing football now. Just letting you know uh, that. And let, let, hey, don't sleep on that lingerie league. They're knocking each other. Yeah, out. well, I, I'm going to guess. Play, the mo- I'm going to guess. Not playing. They're knocking each other out in that thing. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I just, I don't know what to say about this in a way because the NFL. Like, every time I get on one of these, I'm just wondering at what point, when you're 21 in this country, if you're a man, you're just going to turn your balls in because you're not going to need them anymore. So you're saying we haven't turned them in yet. No, no, I don't mean guys like us that are married. I'm just saying when you're 21, you know how when you're 18 you have to sign up for Secret Service? Mm. It's going to be like you're 21, go up to your local post office, detach your balls and hand them in. You no longer need them in the United States of America. You know, the NFL is striving for an all-inclusive type deal. They're just so worried about being attacked on all fronts. You remember uh, last year? There's a whole deal with how the cheerleaders are being treated in the National Football League, and boom, we get a female referee. Sure. God bless her. She better be damn good, man. Because I'm just waiting male, for a guy to be – I'm waiting to see turn on a Cowboys game and see some guy in those white hot pants where they say that we need some male cheerleaders too. I mean, when that happens, consider me tuned out, Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, it, man, before we die, I'm just worried about what we're going to see. But nevertheless, she's there. Um, Amal, to be just honest, man, she's going to have to be very, very good. She's going to be held to some kind of crazy standard. She can't ever blow a call because it's not going to be about her just being a referee. It's going to be about her being a female. Mind you, uh, those males are blowing it on a weekly, uh, on a weekly basis out there. But it's going to be all about her being a female. Um, the first time she doesn't get it right, and I hope it's not at a pivotal moment. I hope it's not a Des Bryant versus Packers moment uh, for for this female referee. Or um, it feels forced to be, a- Chad. 
It's just the whole thing, what the NFL's doing Everything here, going on with the National Football League recently seems forced, doesn't it? Everything, almost everything. I mean, I keep saying to you, you know, and I hope people understand where, you know, where I'm coming from. I don't approve of any of this stuff, but I just think the way they go about it, like I'm sick of watching a game and seeing the lady from Law & Order SVU with the sad eyes talking about domestic violence. It's like, you know what? The people who do that stuff, that's not going to change them. And the people like me, I'm going to take a leak when you're talking about it because I'm never going to do that. So, Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's, I know that sounds crass or whatever word you want to use, you know, callous. But, I mean, it's it seems forced to me because you're not impacting the guy that, that, that understands you don't hit women. And the guy mm-hmm. that doesn't understand that certainly – isn't going to get it from you doing a commercial, I don't think. Um, where, uh, where is this coming from? We've talked about it. It's got to be more than what we've talked about. There's serious backlash with the league. And I it, maybe it's just, on one hand, we come on here, and I think we alternate it, <laughs> not intentionally. On yeah. one hand, we come on here and we expound about just, how great the NFL has been at marketing and making it a year-round league so that it is a part of our lives 12 months out of the year. And on the same, on, on the flip side of that, here we are dealing with stuff like this. Is this the re- end result of having the league be in our face 12 months out of the yes, year? Yes, that's the payment. I mean, if the NFL wants to be a 12-month league where they're, they're on TV all the time, you go in sports bars and they have the NFL channel on in April – Yes, if they want that, and, and they do because it means money, then they, then the, the payment is that you get judged by by all society and you go beyond just being a sports league. And, and that's pretty much where we're at. Um, obviously, it's financially rewarding for the owners and, and the players who get higher salaries in the NFL. So that isn't changing. And the fact mm-hmm. that you or I or people you know, like us don't like it, well, they know we're still watching it. I said that all along, so it isn't changing. It's only, you know, this is going one way, and it's going to be more and more intrusive. Um, the league is going to yeah, be judged. Yeah, it feels like the league is getting shaped by people outside of the game. It's just well, it getting is. shaped. It is, yeah, and that's getting the payment. shaped you know, by the part time, the, the part timers. Um, and then, you know, would we are we going to even be able to recognize the league uh, a decade from now? Or, or well, everything has now. a tipping point. Now, I don't know what that tipping point is for football because, I, I mean, we love it as a society. It's it's really a game that you know we've kind of adopted as our national pastime. So I, I don't know what that tipping point is, but but it happens. I mean, I know personally. Um, you, you know, like we've talked about this in the show. The NBA was much more, I think, in the '70s and even into the '80s. Uh, watched between all races. I mean, in other words, like I, I mean, I, I knew a lot of just white guys that love watching Magic and Bird. You know, I mean, just the, the NBA fans like myself and others. And I think the NBA slowly became more of an, an urban sport. You know, I mean, you really don't see. You know, you walk in my community here, uh, which is not in a big urban area, and you ask your average sports guy, "Hey, you know, what do you think about the NBA?" Nine out of ten of them probably don't really care. I don't watch it much. Yeah. Um, so there's a tipping point. I'm just saying. I don't know what that is for football. I don't know mm-hmm. w- when when they'll reach it. But at some point, the hardcore fan says, "I've had enough." 
You know, now hopefully they never get to that. I thought point, we would have reached it already, but we we didn't quite. We're going to head into our last break and come back for our final segment. Before we do, the University of Miami uh, had their annual Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, last night. Ten inductees going in. Um, the football guys, Rusty Medeiros, when I arrived at the uh, University of Miami in 1992, the, all the talk was Rusty Medeiros, the defensive end. I don't know how much you know about him. Andy. Oh, I remember was, him very well. Yeah, he was a big-time defensive end and well, well-beloved, suffered a really you know, bad knee injury that kind of shortcut his career. He did come back and play, but was not quite the same. Winston Moss, a linebacker that predates me at the university, um, but he was in the Seattle Seahawks with me. What a mean guy, man. He was a mean dude, just kept that demeanor up. But, a very, you know, at his core, a nice guy, but just had that mean quality to him. Drove past me several times on my way to practice as I was walking on the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> he would look, look me dead in the face and just keep right on going. I guess that's the whole part of the, the rookie thing. Kevin Patrick, who played with me uh, when I was there at the University of Miami, uh, made up a pretty good duo of defensive ends. Um, one of my biggest memories, and, you know, he was a great leader. One of my biggest members, memories of Kevin Patrick Amel was we went to Colorado in 1993. We got into a big old skirmish with them, which was commonplace back then. And somehow, some kind of way, Kevin Patrick ended up on the wrong side of uh, our little, you know, standoff. And he was surrounded by three guys who proceeded to rip his face mask off of his helmet. Now, he Ouch. escaped. He escaped and came back over to us. But I want you to imagine this big, bad defensive end, helmet on with no face mask on it. I mean, he looked like Evil Knievel coming back <laughs> over. <laughs> like he just landed out of a cannonball. It was, um, it, was a funny, it was a funny moment and, you know, one I tend to bring up to him uh, time to time. Um, this next guy, um, everyone knows about him. He was taken from us way too soon, Sean Taylor. Uh, inducted into the University of Miami Hall of Fame last night. His father was on hand for the ceremony um, and, and accepted for his son going. Yeah, that was a real really, tragedy. A real, real. Oh uh, man, real, taken, taken, yeah. taken way too soon from us. It, it, it's you just wonder what he would have been able to do in this league. Um, and Jonathan Vilma, a linebacker who made a, you know, obviously made a great career for himself, but admitted and people knew this when he came to the University of Miami, he was almost on the fringes of. How did you even get here? Um, not the fastest, um, not the biggest, and and you want to talk about someone who came to the university as one thing and left as another through extreme hard work. That's Jonathan Vilma, who uh, you know made something really really great out of himself. And just to what name the others, of, Alex what a list of guys here, man. This is a this is yeah. Cool. I mean that's just the football, but the others I know. Are, are, are really great too. Alex Fernandez from the baseball, Kim Hope uh, basketball. Diver Chris Mantia, Lauren Williams, who ran in several Olympics for, uh, for the for the United States, and then uh, uh, as a football coach, who's also a player, but going in as a football coach, Rob Chidzinski, who's uh, currently in the National Football League. So a great ceremony last night for the UM uh, Sports Hall of Fame. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll come back for our final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show. We we'll, might hit something uh, controversial here. Did we do that? We'll do something like that when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Okay. <laughs> 
The 7-on-7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. We're back for the final segment of this Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, just to let our fans know out there, there is a new URL where you can get to the Gridiron Stud Show. Got tired of reading off the Blog Talk Radio one, so went out and got Gridiron Stud Show. Gridiron Stud Show. You can find us uh, there. It'll take you to um, the, you know, all of the. You can take you to the live shows uh, when we're on live. You can find us there as well as. Um, you can hit all of the archive shows that uh, we have, and there are a ton of them, and there's some great episodes there that you've missed. So if you find yourself with a uh, little time or you want to play us in the background, go to gridironstudsshow.com, and you'll be taken right to our page on Blog Talk Wow, you've Radio. been busy. I, I thought yeah, you were just been... down there screwing around. Yeah, well, you know, there's always time for that. But in between, I've been trying to, you know, make major moves down here, launching a new website and um, you know, getting this URL for us here so you can get straight to the Gridiron Stud Show without all of the I want the, uh, you to give yourself a bonus flash. this week. I will indeed give myself a bonus. Um, looking around, I'm not sure what that would be. I've got a couple of pens laying around here. Maybe <laughs> give yourself a new pen. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Um, Mark Cuban has gotten on. Uh, about college basketball, everyone seems to be attacking college basketball lately. Don't like the one and done. Uh, um, you know, uh, college basketball has uh, just doesn't have the appeal anymore. We don't watch it until March Madness. Well, um, Cuban has hopped on uh, a big issue that Colin Cowherd has brought up that the game is boring. Doesn't like that style of basketball that Virginia was playing, where it's bogged down. Uh, doesn't you know? Let's. Let's, uh, you know, get a, a, a lower shot clock. Just doesn't believe in this kind of basketball that's trying to creep its head up around. First of all, Emil, why do you think this boring style of college basketball is kind of coming around right now? You have a well, why do I think it's happened? Yeah, why it's well, happened, yeah. I think, I think 
it's it's a couple of things. You have young teams, okay, because mm-hmm. you, the better teams um, are changing players all the time. So the coaches have felt the need, I think, it, it, you know, partially because of the game and then partially because mm-hmm. their egos, they've overcoached mm-hmm. the sport. It's to the point that every possession is coached. It almost mm-hmm. looks like a what we call up here bitty basketball. I don't know what you call it down there, you know, kids under 12. It almost looks like a bitty mm-hmm. basketball game. You know, you got guys coming up the court, the coach, you dribble it over here, stop, dude. It's like, come on, yeah. man, I just want to watch guys play ball. Yeah, um, you know, Cuban's asking for it to be more free-flowing. I don't know, I'm a little, I, I'm not all the way in on that. I don't know if we should, should he be jumping into that boat? I mean, should we be trying to control? I think they were trying to do this, they're trying to do the same thing on the opposite side in college football. You've got people trying to slow the game down. Um, and whereas in basketball, we've got people trying to speed the game up. And um, I'm, Well, you I'm, have – wait a second now. You have to admit. Now, you, you're like me. I mean, you, I'm sure you watched a lot more basketball when you were younger. You have to admit, this this version of college basketball we're getting is is, is kind of boring most nights. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't watch much, if any, college basketball during the regular season. I, I just got to be honest about that. And I haven't yet examined the reasons why uh, that is the case. I will agree there are some games that are just slowed too. I mean, it, you know, it's a little it's a little boring. But, I, you know, I, I don't feel that way when it comes down to, you know, low-scoring college football games. I mean, I enjoy seeing the defense. Now, do I, do I, do I want to see that all the time? No, I'd like a little mixture. But, Part of this, Amo, may be this is the way some teams compete with the super highly athletic teams. I mean, maybe this is their answer to a Kentucky team. I actually think, Chad, it's a law of unintended consequences. You know, the three-point line, people assume because you can get three points for a shot from far away that scoring is going to go up. Mm -hmm. But if you look at some of the scores back when John Wooden and UCLA were around, go check out some of those finals in the Final Four. 90s they were scoring without a three-point mm-hmm. line. What I think the three-point line has encouraged is a lot of jump shooting. Mm-hmm. And it's it's obviously, even though they make them a lot more frequently than they did years ago, it's still a lower percentage shot than a shot, no from, four, than a shot from four feet away by a seven-footer, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. encouraged a lot of standing around. Guys spread themselves out around the arc. You get a one- or two-man game inside the arc, and the guy, most of the time, doesn't have any post moves. What he's looking to do mm-hmm. is find find an open jump shooter, toss the ball out, they throw one up, they miss it, rebound, swing your elbows, hand the ball to the, the point guard, walk the ball up the court, look over to the coach, find out what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of ball yeah. you're watching. No, I, I would agree on that. But is this not just a phase? Is, don't these things go in fads? You know, there'll be some team that comes out and uh, super successful, um, you know, running up and down the court and playing fast-break basketball, and then suddenly that's what everyone else will, will well, want. Well, Cuban's I mean, point is we... you have to adjust. I mean, like he said, the NBA got into that in the late 90s, early 2000s, and they said, you know what, you don't need 10 seconds to get the ball past half court. Teams were walking mm-hmm. up the court. They were getting into their set at at 15 seconds. We're going to make it eight seconds. So now teams had to play faster, get it past half court, get into your set. So I think his point is you got a 35-second shot clock in in college. Pros use 24. International uses 24. High school girls use 30. I'm saying girls, boys too. 
high school uses I will say 30. That. I will say more than anything. If we do anything, maybe you do that. Let's go to 24 seconds. Let's get them ready for the pro game. They're only trying to stay in college for a year anyway. Isn't that what's going on? Sure. So why do we have 35 And I want to touch on one other point with this because this was an interesting one, and Kyle Hurd brought it up, and you probably heard the same segment I did, and it was actually a, a very astute observation on his part. Um, Bo Ryan, who has local ties here, by the way, graduated from Wilkes University two miles from my house, um, mm-hmm. complained about you know the one and done, basically tacitly implying Duke and Kentucky – you know, you know, we're not running a one and done program. He was quite the crybaby. Uh, he has know. been, but Cowherd's yeah. point was, hey, Bo, guess what? If it wasn't for one and done, teams like Wisconsin wouldn't even be able to compete with Duke and Kentucky. They've actually allowed you to compete. Could you imagine? He had a good point. Anthony Davis would have been a senior at Kentucky this year. Now, how do you it. think that game would have went if Kentucky played Wisconsin? And Anthony Davis was a senior. I'm going to tell you Wisconsin be down 15, 20 points at the half. It would have been a Wilt Chamberlain kind of night. Uh, there's no question about that. Was he complaining about that, or was he complaining about the fifth-year senior transfers? Or was he complaining no, he was about saying he, his, his couple comments, but the big one was about, you know, basically that, you know, we he didn't call anybody out, but he said, we don't we don't play one and done here. You know, we, we're building a program. And that's – Hey, you know, let me tell you something about coaches, okay, just in general. Today you're saying that about something. If that opportunity comes your way and you could start winning off of that, I can guarantee you he would start doing that. The moment he felt like he could get that kind of player at a regular and consistent basis at Wisconsin or any other stop that he makes, he's going to be all about that. I'm going to tell well, you that Well, he can't. Right and, and, you know, Cowherd went into a big rant about it saying, you know, let me help you guys. He goes – in football, it's the same thing. He goes, the only reason you see more schools competing is because the schools like Alabama, specifically named Alabama, USC, and Florida, or somebody, I think it was Florida, Texas, he said they get the best players, and their players leave in three years. He said their best ones leave in three years. And he said, Nick Saban told him, he said, I always have a young team because my my guys are leaving after three years, and that I know that. So... Coward's point yeah, is, you know, back when when you couldn't really do that, um, the the power only went between a handful of teams. And that was his um, point. He said, "Could you imagine?" He said, "If Alabama and USC, with the recruiting classes they bring in every year, and you saw that last year when SC went back to full strength, okay, they were right there at Alabama." Mm-hmm. He said, "Could you imagine if their guys stayed four years, and if you redshirted some of them?" In other words. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, he like his point was Alabama or, or, or SC brings in a kid, Florida. They're playing as freshmen, and they're leaving in three years. Another right. school brings in a kid. They redshirt him, and he stays all four years. So he's played mm-hmm. five years, mm-hmm. and their best players are playing three. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you're on a you're, you, you find yourself at a more equal ground uh, because you maybe you don't have someone as physically talented, but you have a more mature um, mentally developed individual on the field against their guy. Right, so Washington's going to play USC this year, and they're probably at some point in that game going to run out a 50-year senior wide receiver who's going to be playing against Eamon Marshall, who's, who's 18 years old. Right, 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 exactly, exactly. So, so uh, stop whining is my only point. That's all I'm I just saying. don't like when all this silly. crying starts. Yeah, Bo Ryan, you know, you had a great season. You know, knock it off already, just – Chillax, and I man. have a ton yeah. of respect as a guy who's not a huge Duke fan of their fans. Man, do mm-hmm. I do I like excellence? I do have to appreciate Coach K. I mean, I look at a guy there, whew, 
Can that guy coach? I didn't even realize that he's 68 years old. I mean, I guess the really dark hairs threw me off a little bit. I thought I put him more at 60, but he's 68. You think he dies at – come on, be honest. Uh, I heard him on the radio, and he and he sounded genuine when he said he doesn't do anything with his hair. Okay, then he's he got that Joe like Paterno hair. He's got the Paterno that. hair. Paterno kept his yeah, hair. I, yeah, I never figured him for 68. Not at no. all. Not at all. So, so no, he's got he he's got a young gene though too. He's got a very young spirit when you listen to him talk. I mean, the guy the guy sounds like he's 40. He listens to Meek Mill for crying out loud, and uh, you should probably Google that. And you're in your you know 40, so. Yeah, I should Google that. There you that. have it. Yeah, Google Meek Mill, and you're going to say, what? Huh? Um, but yeah, he probably wouldn't listen to it if he wasn't the uh, coach of the Duke Blue Devils and uh, had a large amount of the hip-hop culture coming through his locker room. All right, it's Friday, man. We enjoyed this, but it's time for you and I and everyone else listening to go out and enjoy their Friday. Attack their weekend because Monday will be around the corner waiting for you once again. We want to thank all of you for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Once again, uh, if you want to check out any of our archive shows, you can go to gridironstudshow.com. It will take you straight to our uh, Gridiron Stud Show page on Blog Talk Radio, so you can catch all of the old episodes, and you can listen to us pontificate, if I can say that. Ooh, there's on, a, there's uh, a big many, word. Yeah, there you go. Uh, pontificate on many of the uh, topics that are out there in the world of sports right now. Get our unique angle on it. Again, thank you all for listening. Thank you for making us a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. And we will be back at it again on Monday with more insight on things uh, you and I all care about and everyone cares about. So for Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy your weekend. See you guys on Monday. Lost in a- to all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.